Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. On the track when we unite and spit, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no rain. Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I was just telling you before the show, man, I'm I'm tired. I just checked my Fitbit stats today, and like I'm at 30,000 steps. I'm at uh, 142 zone minutes. You know, I burned over 5,000 calories today. I'm I'm wiped, man. I'm I'm exhausted. I might pass out in the middle of the podcast today. <laughs> that that would make for a good video show. Radio, not so much, but it would make good for the YouTube if uh, you just collapsed at some point. We could clip that. I think we'd go viral. I think that would be good for the for the show. I think that would create a lot of success for us. So if you want to do that, feel free. I went kind of viral this week. I had a tweet that had like something like twenty thousand likes. Yeah, so yeah. Fun. Doing what we normally do, making fun of stupid people, and it kind of caught <laughs> kind of caught yeah, a little you know, bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh actually I got I got a couple of tweets queued up for later in the show, but I would like to pull that one up. Um, that was that was a good tweet. It was about um you know the smoke field arena bullshit um that people like to say, and then of course you uh JD never misses an opportunity to clap back on an asshole who was clearly lying or is just misinformed fed pill bullshit. Um, I, don't like the fed pill. I don't like the fed pillars. They make me mad. Yeah, like you know what? And and they're there for a time, like I would just I wouldn't get mad at them because I'm like they just don't know any better, right? Um, but now I'm like, you know what? It's so easy to get information out there. Um, and you don't have to be stupid. You at this point you're just choosing to be stupid. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the thing that gets me is like some people have believed a version of history created by Vince McMahon. They believed it their whole life. And instead of actually looking at what really happened in the world of wrestling, that wrestling did exist pre-1984, um, dude, they didn't, WWF didn't acknowledge the existence of wrestling in their own territory, in their own company prior to 1984. Um, Lanza was talking about it a couple weeks ago about Killer Khan. When Killer Khan returned to the WWF in 1987, they acted like that was the first time he'd ever been there, despite the fact that he had had one of the more legendary feuds of his career six years prior to that with Andre the Giant. So they yeah. they just totally did not want to acknowledge that any other company existed uh, pre-1984. They created everything. It was all them. Um, they got no help from anybody. But here's the tweet in question that JD went a little viral on. Um, oh, sorry. It said, without Vince, wrestling uh, would be what it was before him, a minor entertainment for Saturday morning. And then here's JD. Don't be as dumb as this guy. Dallas, Texas, May 1984, 32,000 in attendance. And there are probably hundreds, I would say hundreds of examples to uh, refute that bullshit nonsense that guy was spewing right there. 
I just picked one. Like someone's like, what about what about? Uh, oh God, I'm it's late, so I'm forgetting the name. The the, the from the forties. Why can't J- I Jim Londos? Jim Londos. Jim Londos. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm I'm yeah. I'm firing on like two cylinders. Like he had a hundred. Yeah. The room. The rumor has it, hundred thousand, hundred thousand people in Greece to watch yeah. matches. And I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it's certainly not. You know, smoke filled arenas and that bullshit. No. Like it just. I just hate that. And Triple H's last was, well, it's something they did in like bars. It's like, shut the fuck up. I hate him with such a tremendous passion because he does know better. But he, but yeah. idiots, idiots fall for his shit and they just lap it up. Ooh, Triple H said this. And they lap yeah. it up. I fucking, I hate, I hate tribalistic wrestling fans. Like you give WWE credit when they're good at something, right? Yeah. Give AEW credit when they're good at something. Give TNA credit when they're good at something. Give New Japan credit when they're good at something. But these WWE fans can't. They just can't do it. Like, it violates everything they know to just say, you know what? This was fine. Like, the wrestling boom didn't even start with Hulk Hogan. It pretty much started with the fucking Von Erichs, which is why I chose that one. <laughs> yeah. And Hulk Hogan, well, he definitely, like, was a big part of creating, like, this no huge argument. mega machine. No clearly, argument. Right? No, no argument there, but like he was huge in AWA before he got to the WWF mm-hmm. in 1984, right? Um, and so he, he got fired from the WWF for trying to go film Rocky Three, And then, of course, once Vince took over from his dad, he the first thing he did was bring him over. And it wasn't like if Vince was this – and look, and I'm not – I'm not this one, this guy that doesn't think that Vince isn't smart and that Vince doesn't make great business. Of course he did. He built yeah. that empire. I, he had a lot of help, right? You know, he like he didn't just create it from nothing. Like his dad had the biggest territory in in the territory system, right? They had um, as far as you know the biggest cities and where they ran and all that and the revenue that was the biggest. And he got it basically handed to him. Like he did pay a fee, but you know, like a small nominal fee, way less than what it was ever going to be worth. But he had the foresight to bring over Hulk Hogan. But he did he did that, and he didn't just cre- he didn't create Hulkamania. He bought Hulkamania. Vern Gagne, who wasn't willing to pay for it, right? Like that—that's what it was. No, hundred percent. My favorite is oh, Vince created Hulkamania. Vince let Hogan be a star. Hulk Hogan was a star because of Rocky Three. Sylvester yeah. Stallone made Hulk Hogan a star. Let's be realistic. Vern took advantage of it and then never really pulled the trigger all the way, right? You know, I was thinking about this because so many—I had so many responses to that. Tw- I mean, like I, I didn't mute it because I'm like I was annoyed every time I opened up Twitter. <laughs> I've, I've been annoyed a lot lately, quite frankly, going through some stuff. So, I mean, like I, I went on there and I, I saw this and I'm like these, these, these way these people just worship at the altar. Like, like someone said wrestling would have died out if Vince never picked up. And I'm like, why, where did you, why would you think, yeah. huh? What, yeah. what, why would you think that? It's like, well, the territory's went out of business. I'm like, yeah, because one guy was putting them out of business. Uh, like, I'm still on my, my camera. Okay. Uh, I think it's my um, it's my stupid camo camera. So I'm just gonna switch over. Go ahead, go ahead. Fix it. I'll, I'll continue. Okay, I'm, I'll, keep, I'll keep. No, pitching. you keep going. I can hear you. My camera like, just quit. Like it just this idea that like so what may, here's what helped Vince is that Vince was the right age at the right time, right? Vince had the forethought to remake things, and so did Ole Anderson. But he was like kind of set in his ways a little bit. All the other territory promoters just wouldn't walk away. Like, here's a real question, yeah. Mike. If Vince Senior doesn't get cancer, what happens? I, I, eventually somebody, people were already trying to do what Vince Junior ended up ultimately doing, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, like Ole Ole had moved up into the you know the Detroit territory. He was up into Columbus, Ohio. World class. Yeah, Crockett was in Toronto. Yeah, Crockett. Yeah, and that that became and Dave did a good job explaining that situation. I think on Monday's Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, so if you want more details than that, he he explains it way better than I could. But world class was going everywhere already too, right? They had taken over most of tech, most of Texas. Um, with exception of Houston, they were in Israel. They were all throughout the Middle East, and then they had, they had um, their television show was all over the country on syndication and on uh, on certain cable stations and stuff like that. Like they were, they were huge at the time too. And then of course, you know the the folks that were on TBS as well, like they were all over the country. Eventually, cable was going to start to like get into more homes and these bigger cities are going to want what wrestling that was on TBS. They're going to want them to come to their city, right? Like this all is going to happen regardless that, but nobody was, nobody was the dog that Vince was right. Nobody was the shrewd businessman that he was. He would fucking cut your throat. Right, a lot of them would too, but he had just bigger balls than a lot of the rest of them, to be honest with you. And he, he had just had a, like, he, he just had a he would ace. Go ahead. Look, sorry, no. It's like he also had a base to work off of. Like he had the New yeah. York television, he had Washington D.C. television. That's a major market, so we controlled the top two, like two of the top four major markets he, in the country. Immediately. New York, Baltimore, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like he he had like major major markets. Yeah, they're they're mar- like there's. There's slice of the pie to start with, which is why guys wanted to go work for Vince Senior, like because like all yeah. oh, the wrestling matches don't have to be any good. Like the fans like personality shit, and then you yeah. just go out there and work, and then it's, it's easy and make a shit ton of money. Like again, it was it was so, and he was shrewd. You cannot take you cannot take away how shrewd he was. Right, the only one that could have challenged him was Crockett, and Crockett, mm-hmm. Crockett was wi- not winning, but Crockett was super successful until. He just wasn't checking the books, and they were spending too much. He couldn't curb his spending, and that's what the train's coming. It trains back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that crazy. You can keep talking. Yeah, I mean, like Crockett just couldn't control his spending, and then Dusty was out there having him flying Lear jets and shit until he realized there was no money left. Right? Yeah. It just the idea that wrestling would have gone away is so stupid. Like again, these I hate the term fed filled, but I've come to accept that's the only phrase for these people. And I I can't I can't stand willful stupidity. Can't stand it. Uh, I like the phrase uh, "fed pilled," and I absolutely like calling them the Fed because when you do, people get so mad. That's true. <laughs> like you know, it's like oh, you, uh, it's almost becoming like they see it as like a derogatory term, and we just call them the Fed because they were the World Wrestling Federation when we were mm-hmm. kids, right? And so people refer to them as the Fed or New York New or York, Stanford yeah. because of where their home base was at at the time. Now they're probably more, they probably do more work in Orlando than anything at this point. That's but, true. Um, but because they feel like that's a derogatory term, I am going to keep using it until it's cancelable. And I don't think it's going to be cancelable anytime soon. Nah, you can stop them with canceling over that for us. It's kind no. of funny, actually. Well, you- it's pretty funny, but you know, you know how it is. Like words like that we use normally twenty years ago, you can't use anymore. So that's true. Uh, fed and fed pilled. I'm just gonna keep using it until I'm not allowed. No, like half, dude, half the words we used as kids like are not kosher anymore. You know, like you can't say. Oh my gosh, a lot dude, of the things that we it, that we said as kids. You can't if and uh, I was um and if you listen to comedy that was from like twenty years ago, it's like wow you just can't say those things anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. And look, we've gotten better as a society. I would say, um, you know, I don't know sure if we have. No, you have. know what? No, no, I 
there are certain things we haven't gotten better at, but I'm talking about some of our language has, uh, uh, and the way we talk about other people, I would say, yeah. um, where we're not supposed to say certain things like, like the, the word that really gets me that took me, and I'm not going to say the word cause I really just don't like it is, is the R word when you're talking about special needs person, people yeah. like that was a word that I would say as a kid. And then I did yeah. some work. I did some work with the special Olympics, you know, um, like local type stuff. And I was like, I'm never saying that word again. And then like occasionally like white trash, Mike brain uh, gets, gets back into effect. And I just forget my, I forget my education all of a sudden. And that, that word might slip. And I'm like, I feel like shit for weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm like, there's certain things that I'm glad that we just don't do anymore. You think you think George Carlin's tossing in his grave now that he's being used as AI for an, an entire AI stand-up routine? Did you listen to that? No, no. I saw his I, daughter I, was like really mad about it, so I decided not to. I love Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Me, Carlin's my my favorite of all. Like Carlin, Carl, it's like Carlin and Pryor for me, and then of course yeah. Chris Rock. I'm big. Those are my those would be like my top three. Eddie Murphy would be there with him, but he Eddie he Murphy. didn't do enough. Like he he just didn't have enough material out there, but. Like his uh, delirious is probably my favorite uh, of all time, but delirious um, is special. I, I I listened to the first like five minutes of it uh, because it was like it was kind of like hologram Tupac, right? Like yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that from uh from uh gosh I can't remember it was it South by Southwest or um what the it's in California the big festival but Dr Dre and Snoop Dogg were on stage and they brought out hologram Tupac and I got chills so I was like okay it's not him. So, but it was still kind of cool to see his hologram out there rapping. So I was like, okay, let me see what AI, uh, AI George Carla would sound like. It sounded good. I think they produced it very well. The first joke they, they told us was basically a Carla joke that he would tell. Um, uh, so I thought they did a good job with it, but it's still kind of, then when I found out his daughter was unhappy with it, I was like, okay, I'm not going to feel dirty. Yeah, it was. I'm amazed they had the permission because usually you need the permission of the estate to do something like that. So I wonder. It didn't sound like she was going to get legal with anything, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because a public figure. I don't know. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. Yeah. Well, and they, they put it on YouTube, so it's not like they sold the content, but you can still generate sure. revenue based off of ads. So mm -hmm. maybe it's like a weird, a weird thing, and it's not his actual voice. And they, um, at any, and at no point. Did they use his real voice or his real likeness? But they did say his name. But mm -hmm. they made it very clear in the beginning of the video, like this is absolutely not him. This is us trying to recreate him and as a tribute to him. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, it is kind of a weird thing. But I was kind of fascinated with it. And I think Will Sasso, a guy from Mad TV, big wrestling fan guy, used to do a good impression of Steven Seagal. Um, I think that he is um, he was a part of that. I think King of the North is a uh very active in the chat right now i'm gonna pull up some of these yeah, messages yeah. and they're really good first he goes here to make sure jd hasn't lost his mind hope you're all having a great week lol too late like yeah i've lost my <laughs> mind pretty quick in the show i hate that yeah. fucking guy the moment i sent my message yep 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 and then the fed derogatory it's a it is a great one mike and this is this is my yeah. favorite one y'all think mark pickering would get mad about ai misawa matches Mark should we should you explain Mark explain who Mark Pickering is and what that story is about? Because I don't know that people know that story. No, that's fair. Uh, I only know part of it because they just I tune out Pickering. Pick Mark Pickering is a Welsh announcer for Pro Wrestling Noah, one part of the Pro Wrestling yeah. Noah's English commentary team. And he uh he likes to have a couple and tweet random stupid shit. Uh, getting more, worked about more on like, that, more on that later, by the way. Oh, more good. on that later. Yeah. Good. I haven't read the yeah. show notes, so I like I like being surprised. Yeah, that's kind of uh 
And Mark Pickering would get mad about he gets mad about weird, weird things sometimes. I just you roll your eyes and go, Pickering. Is that yeah. it again? Well, well, what happened was is that uh, Eddie Kingston was wearing a um a I think it was a Masawa or um, I don't know this story. No, what, Please tell me this. So okay, okay. So Eddie or Eddie Kingston was wearing a knockoff t-shirt of the four pillars oh that's right right. so he's wearing and he it was just some kid on the internet made the shirt and eddie kingston bought it probably off of t public right which is where you could sell knockoff gear i know i i know because i'm currently banned from it Uh, (laughs) and so he was wearing it and then mark pickering got all liquored up was watching dynamite and he said well hey did the family of those fallen get any of that money and he went on this rant and and was saying all kinds of shit and um and then finally, it was exposed that Mark Pickering, through DMs, had actually bought knockoff gear of other wrestlers, just not the Four Pillars. Oh. It, it's, only, it's only bad when it's the Four Pillars, apparently, not the other people that he bought knockoff shirts from. Oh, what a, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, huh. it's, it's bad for you to do it, but it's not bad for me to do it. I don't think he's ever talked about that since, So, which oh, would be wise fine. on his part, dumb dumb. Pickering, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's a bad announcer, but I think he's kind of a butthead. I do not love. I don't love his announcing. To be honest with Noah, I, maybe he's I, in a real sport. I don't. I don't care for it. He well. and I did. I think I did hear uh, hear him do um, not Ryzen, but they have another uh, promotion in Japan called Rise. Um, and uh, I did hear his commentary on there. I believe I'm, I might have that wrong, but uh, I, I do fancy some Japanese MMA when I'm like up late at night and it's on television. And I think I've heard him on there before. And I know Stu Fulton does like legit combat sports too. So I like Stu. Okay, Stu, I think is pretty good. Like I don't want to bury, I don't want to bury the whole Noah commentary thing. I do enjoy Stu's yeah. work. I'm not crazy about Mark. Yeah, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a bad announcer. No, no, he he just he's just kind of there, you know, just kind of there. Yeah. Um, but man, we we haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> oh God, so, we're twenty five uh, minutes in. Jesus. Yeah, we're twenty five minutes in. Hey guys, if you're watching the show on YouTube and you're on the Voices of Wrestling Network or the Mike and JD Show Network, please hit that like button. Make sure you're a subscriber to this channel and please put down a comment. We greatly appreciate it. Help us defeat the algorithm. Um, that could go a long way into helping to grow the channel. And JD, we got a big announcement. Uh, over the weekend, actually, I think it was Monday, we finally hit 1,000 subs on the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel, which is pretty damn remarkable. So good job to you, JD, sir, all your hard work here. Uh, doing a, You've been doing a lot of the clips, and I started doing some clips here recently too, trying to get my editing skills in, in order. And, uh, man, we, we've come a long way since we started this journey over the summer, man. Uh, August, we we bumped over to Voices of Wrestling in August, and at the same time we launched our. That's something you really fought for is to do our own YouTube channel. And you were right; you were 100 right about that. So I'm really happy that uh, that we went in this direction, and we've we've grown the channel significantly. We had quite a few views for. La- I think last week's show was one of our best. I really do. Yeah. And uh, we had quite a few views, quite a good bunch of bunch of good reactions last week. Very proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's our most viewed uh, show, and and honestly, it's on it's on YouTube in three different video forms, right? We got it on ours, the live mm-hmm. feed. We have the live feed on Voices of Wrestling, and then Voices of Wrestling uh, uploads the audio only. So between those three um, different 
uh, forms were, you know, well into like 2.5 thousand um, views, different types of unique views. So um, that's pretty awesome, man. And you know what it is? It's free agency. People love free agency talk. I thought that the, the, the topic nailed it. It was a good topic. Yeah, you're 100% right. Like people, people love those type of shows where we can do things yeah. like that. I think you and I have pretty good takes on it. People also like listening to us be mean. Yeah, apparently, like uh, when when we're downright mean, people like it. people like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're not going to get downright mean just yet. I think we will a little bit later in the show. But I, uh, our our first topic, just because we're sting guys, we're big time sting guys. Big time sting guys. Yeah, you know, pretty uh, pretty crazy match last night uh, on on Dynamite. And after the match was over, it was revealed that him and Darby Allen will in fact take on the Young Bucks. Coming up at Revolution in a tag team match. Um, I'm a little Tony Khan's got a little bit of heat with me because he didn't book when I told him to book. Like I always think that my ideas are the best, and I told him specifically to book Sting versus Samoa Joe for the world title, and he didn't do it. However, I feel like this is a pretty damn good uh, alternative. I, I like the match. I think it's a great idea. Like the Bucks, people hate on the Young Bucks because I don't know they're the Young Bucks. They're kind of passive aggressive. To our Lord and Savior CM Punk, so people are mad yeah. about that. Well, and and they and they are naturally douchey. They just they are like douchey. they came out. They 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 just are. They got this kind of like douchey vibe to them, yep. and which makes them great heels. Yep. Um, but that also spills over because I think like their personalities are probably a little bit dickish, and that's okay. Yep. Yeah, I I don't have to like this this idea. This like I think Lanza calls it merch table culture, which I'm a big fan of that phraseology. Like I don't yeah. think I've. I, I don't have to like the people I watch on TV. I'm not going out for drinks with them afterwards. We're not going out to dinner. Like I did their characters in a TV show, man. I'm never going to meet them. I don't have to like them personally. Yeah. But what the Bucks are great at doing is they're great at having amazing tag team matches with talent that maybe uh, kind of needs to be carried a little bit. Like Dave yeah. mentioned Private Party and, and uh, 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 Top Flight right away. Like remember that match with with uh, Revolution 2020 with uh, Omega and Paige against the Bucks? Like these guys are masters at putting on tag team wrestling matches. Like this is this is a great thing. Sting and Darby against the Bucks? That's going to rule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to rule. Yeah. Now I I was looking forward to the idea that I gave them that they never agreed to uh, the Samoa yeah. Joe idea, but oh, when cool. when it got when it got announced that it was the Young Bucks, like oh shit, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's like Sting probably doesn't want to do a singles match. He probably doesn't think that he could do one. Although I did feel like a Samoa Joe could have a really good match with them because I always liked Sting wrestling big guys. I thought he just had really good matches with with guys that were bigger than him. He was always a good seller, and his comebacks were always really good. And he was like a fiery baby face, but he probably just doesn't want to do that. In fact, Dave said that he probably is the one that picked this match, and this is exactly what he's getting. And I think the Young Bucks are the perfect team to to go out there and um, carry is a strong word because I don't think you have to carry Sting. Like like he, like the Bucks and Darby will do much of the 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 wrestling action, and Sting will go in and he'll he'll no sell some shit. He'll beat his chest. He'll do some Stinger splashes probably jump off something he shouldn't jump off of at his age and uh and we'll go home and it'll be a fucking fun match he's a goddamn madman and i'm gonna the world is gonna be a lesser the wrestling world is gonna be a lesser place without sting in it i'm very yeah. i'm happy that we're getting this big moment Fifteen thousand seats sold already for the greensboro coliseum yeah and um man i'm just it's, it's gonna be a great show but it's gonna be really sad and i'm glad i'm glad he's smart enough not to be flair you know yeah 
to just leave when he still has a lot of goodwill and people still love watching him. You know, and he got to go out his way. Remember, remember when we thought the end of Sting was going to be that buckle bomb from Rollins? Oh, uh, that broke my heart too because that was a good matchup at that point. I like I like that match with Rollins. I like that feud with Rollins. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I'm just uh, I'm very happy we got another page. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think they've mostly done it right. Although I did feel like you know AEW probably could have anytime they book Sting in those cities from this like these last few months, they could have been like Sting's last night in Charlotte, Sting's last night. You didn't have to be on every single in every single show, but you know, kind of make make that a bigger deal. But the fact of the matter is, they got they're in you know Greensboro. They sold it out fifteen thousand. It's not not that big of a deal. But I did feel like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Um, to do kind of what they did for Moa and uh, for for Mudo and, and uh, Noah. I don't. Here's the thing, though. I like Sting not being the focus of the company. Mudo was the focus of Noah. At the yeah, end. but you don't have to make him the focus of the company to sell a fucking T-shirt that says Sting's last night in Charlotte, right? Or no, the pro- to say, well, hey, look, here comes Sting's last match in the middle of the card in Charlotte, right? Like that's not putting him the focus. The focus no, is on JF. No, no. The problem though is like AEW's got real problems with their merchandise. Right. If you listen to major complaint <laughs> yeah. about AW shows for the last two years, is they never have enough merchandise. They never have it ready to go at the shows. They're never. They don't have. They aren't competent in that division. And Dana Massey has been fired, basically. And yeah. I don't know if fired yeah. might be there, but she's no longer yeah. there. Because, and, but I don't they, think. Yeah. They hired but, one of Vince McMahon's guys to run that department. Big fan of Vince. Apparently, this guy. Big uh, fan of Vince. Uh, what was his name? Kosha Irby. Is that is that his name? I like that. I forget something name. like yeah. that. Yeah. Something like that. Huge, he, huge fan of Vince. Yeah. Big Vince guy. Big Vince guy. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, honest to God, like, I don't think they have the team to do that kind of stuff with the shirts because they just don't. Like, they were able to do it with the punk stuff, but punk is far more um, active as far as the t shirt stuff goes. Like, he tends to go out and get shit done himself yeah. in that department where it's left to the AEW's own devices. They just, they just don't do that. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that Greensboro gets to be the night. Yeah. And we don't have to go, Sting's last night in Chicago. Sting's last night in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Sting's last night in – I think that's stupid. I really do. I don't I, I don't like that. I would rather you keep the retirement be the retirement and let it be special. Because Mudo prostituted the whole thing. And it, it, it's whatever. It made Noah some money. But they're in a, they're not in any better place now. Yeah. I'm fine with I don't this. know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I went to a St. Louis Cardinals-New York Yankees game, right? And during that game, they had Jer- Derek Jeter come out. So this is his very last game in the city of St. Louis, and he waved to the crowd, and they made that a big deal. We all stood up and gave him a standing ovation. I think stuff like that's cool, right? Especially when the city has meaning to Sting's career, right? Or like like it was a big Sting city, much like Charlotte. Or if they w- would have went to Baltimore or Chicago, L.A. Like I thought that would have been cool. I'm not mad that they didn't do it because I wasn't at any of those shows. I just felt like it would have been cool to do it. It was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Um, but if the argument is they weren't competent enough to do that, okay, I get it. I, I understand that. Hopefully they're more competent in 2024. Look, they had a lot of fucking problems last Sting. year. They had a lot of problems. Book, the, the way they booked Sting was not one of those problems. I thought they've done a really, they've done a really great job with uh, with Sting. I thought they've handled everything you know, mostly pretty damn good overall. And uh, I, the fact of the matter is we're, we're putting him in the Greensboro Coliseum, uh, home of, uh, you know, Mid-Atlantic and home of WCW and all that stuff. And, and you got 15,000 strong. So I, you know, I call that a win. I would call that a win too. I don't, I don't have a problem with anything this company has done with Sting. Right. Yeah. And we got 
we got a different sting. Like this, this madman sting is not the sting we had in TNA. It's not the sting we saw in WWE. Like it's not this WWE sting. It's been a different guy. Like yeah. that sting wasn't jumping off of fucking Raptors and shit. Like sting when WWE would hang out in the Raptors. This thing was like hanging out with Darby going, you know, I can make that jump. You know, like that's, it's a different, it's a different guy. It's, it's yeah. kudos to him for being willing to change his character with the times, you know, and in that regard. So um, I think they've been great with Sting, and I have I have no complaints about how the Sting run in AEW is gone. Is it time to reel Darby's little ass back in a little bit with uh, some of the dangerous stuff he's doing? Like as a so Mike as a fan doesn't care. Let him kill himself. I don't like let him let him go do all the dangerous shit. Let him break his entire body. N- no big deal. But then there's like Mike is like you know a safety guy, right? <laughs> like like I'm an occupational safety guy, and I'm like at some point does somebody need to pull that kid aside and be like, look, man uh you're great you know you don't need to do this every single night right like you, you don't need to just destroy your body eventually you're going to want to walk um when you're when you're old like and he's probably not going to listen but god damn like maybe like somebody with some um somebody with some leverage over him that might be paying his checks might be like hey buddy we, we got to slow this thing down uh, i want to keep you here for a long time and i don't want to be paying your medical bills for the rest of your life because some stupid shit you did in the ring i'm torn um, I'm not saying I need to watch Darby kill himself, but I think that part of the appeal of of Mick Foley was the fact that he was going to give above and beyond, and he made special. He made those matches special, and he he beat up his body for it, right? Maybe the brain you want to keep in better shape, but I mean the rest of it, like I don't know, like I is Darby is Darby Darby without the big risks? I don't have an answer for that question, and I'm and I'm a selfish fan. I'll be the first to admit yeah. it. I like watching Darby be Darby and I'm not a safety guy. So, I mean, like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to see them. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, I don't want to see Darby not hurting himself, but I mean, part of the appeal of Darby is the stunt show and I'm yeah. a fan of it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I was just, uh, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, man, this guy, like this stuff's going to catch up to him one day and he's going to, he's going to regret the, some of the shit that he's been pulling. Um, <clears throat> But oh, I wanted to play this really quick so we can get it off of here uh, before. So I sent this to you. Now, unfortunately, I do apologize to the guy that made it. He put it on Instagram. I don't have an Instagram. And for whatever reason, it's not showing me who made it. So I'm not one of those guys like that likes to post a video of like super creative and be like, okay, who made this? When clearly the person posting that said it knows exactly who made it. It was the person you stole it from. But in this case, it was sent to me on Instagram from my buddy Lewis Carlin. I then forwarded it or sent to me in Facebook Messenger by Lewis Carlin. I don't have Instagram, so I click it. It plays in the Messenger thing, um, but I don't. I can't see who made it. So anyway, um, it, this is uh, take a listen to uh, Triple H selling Cody Rhodes on uh, on main eventing WrestleMania. Headline WrestleMania. Yep, there's Roman Reigns. Oh, he's had the belt for so long, it'll be an honor to take it off of him. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Wait, I'm gonna lose? But due to shenanigans, that's what I like to call long-term booking. Okay, so I'll fight <laughs> Roman at the next pay-per-view. Now you're gonna fight Brock. For a belt? For pride. Oh. And he's gonna beat the tar out of you all summer. Okay. And in the end, you'll get a fluky win, and he'll put you over with a handshake. And then I'll get the title? Yes. Well, consider me honored to have this great... The tag titles. What? For a week. A week? Yeah, then you'll give him back. Remember, long-term booking. Oh, so then I'll pick up with Shinsuke. But he's a Midgarder. Not anymore. Well, this doesn't make any sense. I left AEW to win, to headline, to be a top draw. There's two nights of WrestleMania. Oh, who are you going to have main event? Uh, CM Punk and The Rock. 
What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was uh, that was crazy. Long term booking. Remember, remember, kids. (laughs) I love that so much. Like that guy just summed Uh, up. I love. The, the corny ass Davy and Goliath uh, lip motion, like the, the cartoon's too cheap to actually do like frames per minute. So they just yeah. put a guy talking over the the cartoon. Yeah. Hilarious. That was, I yeah. I watched it. You said it to me when I was at school, I think. And I was trying not to get in trouble watching that <laughs> thing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Man, uh, I, I'm not going to say poor Cody because he's living pretty good. Like he's there's fine. no poor Cody over here. He's He might not be getting booked the way he exactly wanted to, but he's still top of the cards everywhere. He just might not be top WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get to be the champ. I think that might be Cody's lot in all this. Is maybe he just doesn't get to be the champion. Maybe that was like his whole thing in AEW, where he was never champion, right? And mm-hmm. like you're, it's like you're the dumb dumb that, <laughs> that put that stipulation out there. Now you got to mm-hmm. follow through with it. And now it's just become a thing. I think Hunter's like, I thought you didn't want the title. Yeah, yeah. So why why would I give you the belt if you clearly didn't want the title? Maybe the finish of the story is you just keep losing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh God, it's so so funny. Um uh let's let's get into to TNA Hard to Kill. I know there's gonna be some TNA fans out there um checking out the podcast, and I'll probably clip this part um for our YouTube channel. But um, so we've got TNA Hard to Kill coming up this weekend, and um it's gonna it's gonna be a big show, one of the biggest shows in um in the history of Anthem-owned TNA, um, they uh, I'm going to pull up the ticket sales right now. So Dobby the Brain Heenan, Patreon subscriber, um, sent me an update. Uh, he's probably not watching live, but he'll check out this podcast in a little bit. He sent me an email. He said, in case I don't get a chance to update you later, there uh, tw- so uh, 1,200 tickets sold out of 1,402 available. So they're 85% uh, sold. So I didn't get a chance to look at State Guys, but last was at... Uh, Oh, actually, and then Snake Eyes is—they've uh, sold one thousand and eight tickets uh, out of uh, out of eleven eighty. So, um, so they're doing pretty good. Uh, TNA is opening up new seats every single day, and then um, right now they got a little bit of like fourteen hundred seats in there, and uh, they might even have more coming up this weekend. So, we'll uh, we'll we'll see how I think Astro is uh, chiming in, but we'll we'll see yes. how. Um, We'll see how all their tickets are, are moving here coming up here pretty soon. But, man, looking good for Hard to Kill. Um, they're still teasing that there's going to be a big signing. Um, oh, oh, there's Dobby right there, up to 1228 now. He's got me. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think we're going to get to – we'll probably get to 1400 and maybe even more come, uh, come showtime because the thing about Vegas that people don't realize – is there a huge walk-up town like mm-hmm. the Palms, the, the the Palms employees? And I'm sure TNA will have some people out. They'll have people out there on the strip, like hawking tickets, and they'll there'll be uh, people there in the in in the casino, like pulling drunks off of the off the craps table and then trying to get them to buy to buy tickets or even getting them in for free, like Showtime, to fill that place up. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had over 1,500 people, 1,600 people. So if you think about it, um, and I, here's what I want people to do when they're ta- when they talk about TNA. You cannot compare what TNA does to what AEW does. Just yeah. like you cannot compare what AEW does to what WWE does. It's not a fair comparison, right? Um, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Um, AEW and WWE have a bigger reach. They have much larger budgets. They're working with tons more money than what TNA is doing. If you want to call this a success, you need to compare what TNA had, 
uh, done previously, specifically in the city of Las Vegas. And in the city of Las Vegas, you know, at Samstown Casino, they sold about 750 tickets, right? So they've doubled their ticket amount. So they're they're already up like 200% better than what they were before. And the fact of the matter is they haven't really – they didn't really put together like a crazy card. There's like – there are no feuds. There are no storylines. And they haven't had a television show in two months. So they've really done this all based off of a rebrand, and I feel like it's been pretty damn successful. And a lot of the ticket sales we've been seeing lately is just because they they went ahead and spent money on billboards around Vegas, and people are like, oh shit, that's happening, and the you know people are buying tickets and shit. <laughs> and so it's a uh, oh, JD sneeze. It's uh, a pretty big success for these guys. So congrats to TNA. No, huge congrats. Like um, I kind of picked on like the quote unquote buzz a couple weeks ago, but I'm gonna give them some credit here. Is they've done a really good job closing this out, and they're gonna get a really good crowd for themselves. Um, I think the rebrand's been pretty good. I don't I like I like the new belts for the most part. Yeah. Everybody lost their mind for the knockout belt being white. And I'm like, fucking cares. It's white. Give me a why does that matter? But I think on the whole, the belts are designed really well. I think they look good yeah. from a design perspective. There's some good looking titles. Yeah, they're some of my favorite titles. I, I think that the knockouts and the um the world title, um, probably my two favorites of the bunch. Um, but I thought the, the, the crew that designed these belts, the hellfire designs, I thought they hit a home run with these ones. And, and you can tell that TNA, um, they put some money into these things. These are not cheaply made titles. Those impact titles were trash. Like when you see the two titles side by side, whenever they do the reveal videos, like the new title versus the old title, I'm like, like those old titles look disgusting compared to the new titles. <laughs> it's it's like just cheap sh- bowling bowling trophy bullshit title. Like throw that thing in the fucking trash. These new TNA belts are incredible. I love them. Well, we do have a bowling trophy in this company. So, yeah. in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. 
you can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required, Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking. Again, 0.3 seconds, it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock. And with the AI self-learning chip embedded, the more you use it, the more accurate it will be. Also, no battery anxiety. You have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months. And you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service. Yuffie's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Yuffie video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with UV video lock, search UV video lock. That is E-U-F-Y video lock. Again, that's UV video lock. E-U. FY video lock or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Yeah, that is true. The the call your shot bowling trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, so just quick a uh, quick rundown of the card. Uh main event, Alex Shelley versus Moose. Um, JD, you're not really up on TNA, so you can chime in if who you think is gonna win or if you want to, but well, my I have a friend who's an expert in TNA who said Moose got in really great shape, which probably tips off that he's winning the title. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, Moose Moose is um, looking like Lex Luger. Uh, he uh, he's dude. He's so shredded. I follow him on Facebook, and uh, he's posting videos every day working out. And uh, the guy's got veins popping everywhere, man. He looks incredible, and he's not doing that to uh, to come in and lose. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and take Moose on that deal. Although Alex Shelley has been a really good champion, but oh. I think they're gonna go. Oh, with Michael. Yes. Hold on, Mike. Yeah. I, you. Yeah. I, I popped into Twitter real quick, and I have to have yeah. you eat some shit. I want. I, I just enjoy Mike gets to eat some shit. Hold, Sam, hold on. Hold, hold on. Should I should I pull the tweet up? Should I share screen? Yes. Well, yes. Can you do that? Because I don't have the tweet. Can you do that? Uh, present. I don't. You hit know that present how. button. It hit the it. present button down on the bottom in the middle. I, I got it on my other computer. I I can't. Oh, okay, okay. So, at so, so at is it Sam Shipman? It's Sam Shipman. She of the power bombshells okay. says. I'll just read it. Says uh, okay. I'm watching the show on my phone and can't comment. But I was at Collision last Sunday. They're selling Sting's last tour T-shirts. Hey Sam, um, delete your Twitter account, please, and never talk to me again. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever, don't ever prove me wrong in public. <laughs> that's, just, uh, that's so funny. I appreciate. It. I know she's listening. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I looked at Twitter for. Well, moments. you know what? I I'm glad they I took my idea. Rampant ADD. I'm glad they took the idea that I was planning on talking since Monday. I'm glad they took that idea and ran with it yesterday or ran with it it a couple weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. That was great. Uh, Thank you, Sam. I hope you're still listening to the show. I'm going to pick it. Like, <laughs> hey, they want us. They want us on their yeah. show. We got. We. I said we record a video for them because they're doing a thing. So we should actually record uh, something and send it to them. Yeah, yeah. They wanted me to 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 call in, and I really wanted to, but uh, uh, it's my wife's birthday weekend, so we're gonna be doing family stuff all weekend. So I will not be Andy, able to do that. Andy got his first tournament of the year. He's finally over the pneumonia, so I'm gonna. I gotta take him up there. So maybe we should record something afterwards, real quick for them. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, running down the card, Trinity versus Jordan Grace. You know, this one's a tough one to pick considering uh, Trinity's probably going to be in the Royal Rumble in two weeks. Yeah, this is a tough one. Against Jordan Grace, the perennial <laughs> champion who always gets the yeah. belt when someone's leaving. Hmm, wonder who's going to win this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, it should, should be a decent match, though. We kept, uh, we kept Alex, Trinity nice Alex, and strong on her way out, so that's good. Unlike someone yeah. else. Yeah. Um, I, I like the way they booked Trinity. Now Jordan Grace beats somebody important. I, I I don't see the I don't see what's wrong with that. And most of the people that Trinity beat don't even work here anymore. So who cares? I did. Diana did like eight hundred jobs in the way out. She was like Barry Horowitz <laughs> the last year of the company. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Josh Alexander versus Alex Hammerstone. Um, probably my. That's gonna be my like most interesting match of the night. What do we think? Boy, I gotta go Josh because he works here. But I hope. Here's what I'm hoping. I hope Josh wins. And Hammerstone beats his ass after the match, and then we find out that Hammerstone's sticking around. Yeah, I, I'd like I'd like to have them have a banger, and then uh, actually I hate that word. I want them to have a really good I match. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I want them to have a really good match, and then afterwards I want Demore to come out and hand the contract. I think that would be cool. Um, that's and, lame. Uh, that's no, not. That's that, not fun. That's, but that's but that's TNA tradition. That's they just oh. did it last month with Trent Seven. That's how Josh Alexander yeah. got his contract. Yes. That's how Speedball got his contract. It's kind of just that's how Leon Slater got signed. So. Yeah. Um, but your 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 idea might actually lead to more interesting television, though. I would say. I I got this bad thing about wanting to watch because I'm gonna I'm gonna start watching TNA again when the when the show is actually rebranded yeah. going forward. Um, I I, I just want to watch good TV. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um. 
Next up, we got uh, Chris Saban versus Vikingo versus Kushida. And because I hate Sam Shipman now, I'm going to go ahead and pick Kushida because he just signed. Oh, Kushida is <laughs> Yeah. I, <laughs> well, it won't be Vikingo because, like, no. he's all over the place. And um, I don't think you want to put a title on him. Uh, I'm going to go. I think Kushida is probably the move. Um, yeah, I, I could. I could see them flipping every single title. Honestly, I that wouldn't too. surprise me because it's like a new day, you know. Yeah. Um, and then we got uh, Ace Austin, Chris Bay versus the Rascals versus the Grizzle Young Vets versus Mike Bailey and Trent Seven. Um, with this one, I'm going to stick with ABC keeping it, even though I could also see any one of these teams winning. I'm going to go with the Grizzle Young Vets because I think they're going to they're coming in. They got they don't really have a lot of buzz coming off of NXT, but I mean, like they're very well respected. And they're super stoked to be here. And I think it could establish them good coming out of the gate. Like, I like I like what you just said. I'm going to go with that, with flipping every belt coming out. Okay. I dig it. Um, um, match, or let's see. Um, then we got the Ultimate X. We got uh, Giselle Shaw, Zaya Brookshide, Jody Threat, Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, and Danny Luna. Uh, I'm going to pick Danny just because she's the, the new person that's signed. Like, they got a hard <laughs> contract on her. Can I say I think this match is going to suck? I have I, no, I have no faith. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Um, because I, whenever they started to announce names, I thought they were gonna have you know better wrestlers in it, right? And so I think the two best are probably Giselle and uh, Jody Threat. Um, Danny Luna is pretty good. She's a little young, but she's still pretty good. But the, you know, I, I think this is gonna be kind of a clunky mess, which might end up being fun if they do something stupid. That'd be cool. In Ultimate X, especially. Like I have this vision of Alicia hanging off the X and, and dying. Like I, just, I just it's I don't know. Worth the price of admission, I guess. I don't. Fair. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 gonna be clunky. I I could see that. I'll say Danny Luna too, just because uh, it yeah. seems like they got some interest in her. So sure, why not? Yeah. Um, and then of course, match of the night: uh, PCO and Dirty Tango. <laughs> uh, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, don't care either. Uh, I I think some I think somebody that just signed a contract is gonna come and uh, end this match quick, so yeah, kill our misery. Um, I'd be okay with that. Uh, Rich Swan and uh, Steve Macklin. You know I'm going Steve Macklin. Yeah. Come on now. I'm gonna say Swan just to get your goat a little bit. Oh, you bastard! Uh, Eddie Edwards and Myers versus Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian. Um, uh, 14A originals. Myers did have a cup of coffee in the old TNA. So 14A oh. originals. Yeah. Okay. But, no. I'll let, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll let that yeah. one go. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go with uh, who's Frankie team with again? Eric Young. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to go Eric Young. And yeah, I don't think they're going to make Eric Young lose. Like he's Mr. TNA. I don't think they're going to make him lose. See how right. I'm the product right now? I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure. That guy. Yeah. And then lastly, Tommy Dreamer versus Crazy Steve in a digital media championship match. Tommy Dreamer. Holy shit, do <laughs> I not care about this? Um, uh, honestly, okay, okay. I, it's honestly, on the pre-show, honestly, by the way. Honestly, it's on the pre-show. Honestly, yeah. on, as the digital media belt usually is. Yeah. I would love to see Crazy Steve win this, but there's no way they're going to take that off of Tommy Dreamer. You know what I think about Tommy Dreamer, JD? This is what, what I think, think about, about Tommy. Tommy. This is what I I've had enough of that fat bastard. That piece of shit. <laughs> Here, let, let me just reiterate my feelings on uh, on Tommy Dreamer one more time. I've had enough of that fat bastard. That piece of shit. 
been, I've, been, I've been setting up this bit all day. <laughs> I am. I am so happy. Okay. In case you didn't know, that was a Stephen A. Smith on uh, one Jason Whitlock. Uh, he, dude, he went <laughs> off on Jason Whitlock this week. It was great, great television. Oh but, Lord. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't care. Um, I get the feeling uh, that um, somehow that digital media title is going to end up on one top dollar's shoulder at some point because uh, they're they're bringing him in for the for at least for hard to kill. Um, they're they're bringing him in for at least hard to kill, and that's kind of about it. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to grunt wire myself at the thought of, of having to watch so, Top Dollar. My favorite, my favorite thing in the world is watching people work themselves into pretending Top Dollar is like good <laughs> and has like value and yeah. like that we actually yeah. want to see that because he wants to be in TNA. People are like, oh yeah, remember that time he almost broke his face? That was he was actually really good. It actually saved his life. So it's a good thing that he embarrassed himself yeah. on national TV like that. It was awesome. <laughs> So uh, I, I did a whole podcast about Top Dollar, and um, so I can't it, believe it, you did that. Well, no, it, not the entire thing was dedicated to him. There was lots of other updates, but he was he was a, <laughs> at the beginning of it. But because um, I, you know, I had some, I wanted to call him Dollar General. That's my uh, I love that. <laughs> I love I that so much. Dollar General AJ Francis. Here, here's what Top Dollar can do. He can bring a guy like DJ Woo Kid, who is pretty popular in the hip hop community, right? Um, and he can get you on some sports stations. He's got connections with hip hop. And then he had DJ Woo Kid on the sideline of the Citrus Bowl wearing a teenage jacket. Um, but then all of a sudden, when the bell rings, it's like nobody cares, right? So if you got him as a kind of a hype man for somebody, I'm I'm fine with that. Like I, I don't want to see the guy wrestle though. Like he's just not he's just not any good. But he's he's coming in on Saturday with DJ Woo Kid. He's not signed to this company. I don't think he's going to stick around that long, even if he does. In fact, when they made the announcement that he was coming in with Woo Kid, the original graphic didn't even have him on it. He ended up making his own graphic and putting himself on it and tweeting it out. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, he was able to get himself onto TMZ, and then finally TNA decided to put him on the graphic. I think that's their way of telling us that uh, they only brought him in because they wanted to get DJ Woo Kid on their show. Um, I can't. I can't read this name, Mike. What is he? Saying? It says name cannot be blank, and he said that was a little harsh, but I get it. I think he's talking about the the uh, Stephen oh, A. Yeah. Smith. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, or me hanging myself and saying Top Dollar's. No, terrible. no, it's Stephen A. Smith. He said, "I will say uh, at least Top Dollar did some research and actually know some people on the roster. Feel like, well, he's trying to get a job, right? Like, yeah. And, and here, here's it. Saying man was no, dumb. Here, here's the thing, and this is, and I try to like, he's a self starter. He's a self. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think I think you know if you did bring the guy in, he's going to be constantly promoting your brand all the time, and that's what he's advertising himself on social media. The guy is a social media influencer. That's what you get out of him. When the bell rings, you get dog shit. Unfortunately, because he just never improved uh, from the uh, from the NXT. Right? He just never got any better. Um, so, so but you're telling me uh, you want your own version of Tyrus, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically, but Tyrus, pe people didn't like Tyrus, right? That that was the difference. People like Top Dollar. No, I'm serious. Like, like he's got a lot of friends. Like, people actually really like this guy. Um, like, all the wrestlers seem to like him. The rappers seem to like him. He's he's always there on the sidelines of football games. The guy's got connections. Like, people like the guy. He's very charitable. Like, he just, he's not a bad dude. Like, Tyrus was an asshole, like a total loser. Well, you're right. Oh, right? no, you're right about that. You know that, what I mean? Man. Like, so I don't want to lump him in with him. I don't, I don't 
know, you know, I don't know, man. He had a bad reputation in WWE both times for pissing a lot of people off. They all got released the first time because he was running his mouth, right? And yeah. then he came back, and Michael Cole, who is the voice of the company, remember, yeah. Michael Cole gets <laughs> produced and is told what to say. And every time Top Dollar was in the ring, it was ridicule the man beat like like no one else could see. Like hey, um, he called I, him, he called him Flop Dollar, which is pretty. That's Mike Gilbert level. Pretty funny. Controlling. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That is. That is yeah. pretty funny, actually. So I don't. Yeah. I mean, like, he might have a lot of friends, but it seems like he he's also really good at pissing a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think he thinks that he's pretty valuable. So, um, and that that could be tough on him. Now, I'm not advocating that they sign him. I just, I just know, I just know TNA. Um, I I know, I just know TNA, and I I just it just seems like he's a guy that they would like. So, um, I don't disagree with that. I think is that yeah. now is that Scott's big signing? No. No, no, because if that. no, no, because dude, they didn't even put him on the graphic whenever they made the announcement of DJ Wu Kid. I don't think they think that he's like coming, like he's going to be around. I, I think the big signing, and I've been saying it for weeks, um, even whenever people were pointing towards Mercedes Monet, it's Dolph, right? Uh, I, I think, I think that's the guy, but I that's one thing that I think is going to happen. I think another thing. The world's collide thing has got me thinking that maybe somebody that's currently on the AEW roster on the WWE roster might show up for an appearance. Not not wrestling, but just kind of show up. So um, I think it would kind of be cool to see Sting in TNA one last time before he retires. Like not wrestling, but just show up in the arena. I think that would be cool. I don't think they'll they might not do it. Um, that would be fun or see like AJ Styles pop up at some point, you know, that's pretty tough because he's a top star in WWE, but I think something like the world's collide thing that they're really hitting hard and you'll never guess who's going to show up. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Something like something like that. Two weeks ago, I was super negative on Nemeth coming in, but the more I've watched him, his do his new Japan stuff, he does seem revitalized. He does seem like he has something to prove, which I didn't think he had that in him. I'm kind of, it's looking like I'm kind of going to be happy to be wrong. Yeah. I, I think WWE beat that guy down and he just kind of like gave up on doing what they wanted him to do in that system. He's like, I'd be prepared to go 60 minutes and I get 90 seconds. He goes, what do you want me to do with that? Right. Like yeah. he, he's kind of kind of been speaking out about that thing about that. So he was a good soldier for a long time and leaving WWE is a difficult thing to do. That's a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that is a huge platform. That's mailbox money every two weeks that mm-hmm. that is like life altering. And then when you get used to having that, like it critically changes your trajectory in life. And so mm-hmm. um, but now uh, what I wanted to see from him before somebody took a flyer on him was, yeah, take Japan dates. But I wanted to see him like start working all over the place, working all the indies and um, and, you know, proving himself which you just brought up and that's what he's doing he's got bookings in puerto rico the uk australia uh bookings everywhere man so i i I, i'm uh, i'm curious to see what he's capable of go ahead you want to shit on scotty wrestling go ahead no i don't want to shit on scotty wrestling shout out to the nemanator when we were in college nick (laughs) nemeth had pink hair and he had his own shirt that had like screen pressed on the back of it nemanator and we were all like god this guy's a fucking tool again uh, rival schools <laughs> yeah. rival schools yeah. and he was a pretty good junk wrestler and like he was he he was so disliked by everybody on my team yeah. and that is how he <laughs> referred to himself 20 years ago so the fact that you just threw that up there scott blew my mind and brought me back that's so funny um i i the one time i had ever seen him in person like outside of the ring 
was at WrestleMania whenever they were in Santa Clara, the big Sting versus Triple H, you know, WrestleMania, and I was at the the WWE's hotel, like I was staying at it, like we uh, we got the we got a deal on Hotwire. It was like a hundred bucks for a five hundred dollar room, so we we just grabbed it. We had no idea. Uh, David Hadley, welcome back. So how's wrestling season going, JD? Uh, we'll get into that. I'm just gonna tell the story real quick. Well, I'm at the hotel. We're having dinner at the restaurant. The 49ers there, Ric Flair is there, Kevin Nash and the Miz are at the bar. All these wrestlers are all over the place. And in walks Dolph Ziggler. And he is wearing a blazer, some white pants, skin-tight white pants, and a Dolph Ziggler t-shirt. And I was like, this is not a guy that I would hang out with. (laughs) Like he wrestles, he he walks around in public with his own merchandise on. (laughs) Lord. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. To hear that. So uh, Nick, this was in college. Nick Nemeth went to Kent State. I went to Northern Illinois. We're both rival MAC schools. We wrestled each other in the conference duel. Not in wrestling. I was a different weight class. But we, our schools wrestled each other to decide the conference tournament. The decide the conference tournament. So we just uh, the two schools didn't like each other. Hey, David Hadley. Uh, season's all right. We're ranked tenth in the state of Illinois. Been it's been a lot of ups and downs this year. You know, been driving me crazy. So yeah, I just yeah. Uh, Nick, me and Nemeth goes back. 20 years. He don't know who I am. He might remember like, oh yeah, Northern's 97 pounder. Okay, I kind of remember that guy. But I remember him because because a year later he showed up on my TV with Chavo Guerrero. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So you don't forget that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's remember that. Remember so that funny. when he was the remember that when he was the caddy for Kerwin well, Ch- White. Chavo Chavo Guerrero was playing a uh, a character who was Mexican but wanted to be white and turned his back on his people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know how you said we. You know how you said we've gotten better? You're right. Yes. <laughs> that, would, that would never happen yeah. today. Wow. Yeah. Um, real quick, we only got a few minutes left. Um, we spent we spent a lot of time earlier wow. bullshitting, so, which we typically do. Um, so um, last week, Jim Cornette and Brian Lass, they told a story that they said that they, they couldn't say any names of, but that somebody at some point had knocked Chris Jericho out on the Jericho cruise, I guess, the year prior. And uh, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net did some digging, did the research, asked the sources, and it turns out one MVP, the guy who had the altercation with Jericho, uh, I guess a couple years ago, uh, on an elevator where Chris Jericho looked at MVP and said, I don't fight jobbers. Well, MVP did not forget about that, went on to the Jericho cruise and knocked that motherfucker out. And that <laughs> that story is out. And MVP seemingly confirmed the story earlier today on Twitter by alluding to it. So uh, that is hilarious. Did Chris Jericho invite him on the cruise or did this dude buy a ticket for the cruise specifically to knock Chris Jericho out? Because if so, that's commitment to wanting to punch a man. And I Yo, respect it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's on-site stuff. Or did oh, Jericho yeah. book, did Jericho book him thinking that everything was cool. Right. And then an MVP is like, yeah, I'll take the booking. And then showed up, knocked the motherfucker out on his own boat. I don't know, whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm down with like that kind of stuff. Right. Cause uh, Jericho That's... said some pretty awful shit to him apparently. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you don't say it to human being. Um, if he got a booking, if he got paid a book, a booking fee and knocked the guy out who paid him, that's even better. Like he should go into the pro wrestling hall of fame, right? Like I'm I, observer, observer hall, observer hall of observer. fame. Absolutely. Yeah. The observer. Yeah. And I like Chris Jericho. I don't have a problem with Chris yeah, Jericho, me either. but if you're going to be a complete asshole like that and, and say some shit to somebody, you gotta be expect to eat a fist once in a while. 
You know, we talked about Mark Pickering, uh, you know, doing late night drunk Twitter rants. Chris Jericho does that, and he gets himself into trouble sometimes. And mm-hmm. he did he picked the wrong guy to mess with because MVP, uh, you know, he spent some time in jail. Like MP, MVP is not a guy to mess with, man. Um, and uh, Chris Jericho messed with the wrong dude and, <laughs> and got knocked out apparently. Um, there, oh, and Scotty Wrestling, uh, yeah, IWGP Intercontinental Champion, yeah, he's one of the OGs of that title. Um, I think he held that right before he went back to, or he went to TNA. Kind of a, kind of a crazy thing. I think you're correct. Yeah. Um, so there, dude, there's some rumors going around. I want to bring this up. Um, Let's do it. We'll go. We'll yeah. go a little bit over time. We'll go a little bit over time. Well, just a little bit. I got. I do have BQ waiting for me. Me and BQ, we're going to actually. Um, we're going to do a podcast here pretty soon. We're going to do a, a hard to kill uh, show. But um, so it looks like. Here, if you could see over here, so there, so this is from Rover. He said there's a popular and legendary wrestler who wore a, a Q bracelet, QAnon, on air the last two three weeks. One person noticed. Well, it looks like that person is one Jeff Jarrett right here. He is. Um, he owns a QAnon bracelet. Now that doesn't mean that he is attached to QAnon, but if you look, somebody had a link to what the what this actually meant. And the people that buy these things are—I want to—they had—they had a picture of it. Um, so it's called uh, Hippocrates Wellness. It is a, a wristband that has the Q on it, and apparently it protects you. Can, are you guys seeing this right here? No. No. See, okay. Hold on. Let, let, here, I'm gonna—I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stop sharing here. And then I'm okay. going to share the new screen that I just picked up. Sorry, guys. I'm learning okay. this in real time. So this is the Quantum 3 wristband that Jared is wearing. It says, Quantum 3 wristbands are made from high-performance silicone to allow our customers to enjoy round-the-clock cellular stabilization against negative effects of Wi-Fi, cell phones, and EMF. <laughs> so that's what he's protecting himself from. It's stored in a wristband pocket. And uh, okay, now it sounds like I'm reading it. I'm sorry. I don't want to get in trouble with the bosses there. But he's wearing a QAnon that keeps protecting him from Wi-Fi and 5G, guys. Um, yeah. So that broke. <laughs> now, now I, I am susceptible to, to falling for some conspiracy stuff. Right? We did a whole podcast about JFK, and John Muse is now sending me new alien stuff. He's he's really fucking with me because I can't sleep now. He's fucking with me. Alien. I'm looking up alien stuff all night now. Like there's some, there was like a, a ten foot tall alien in Brazil apparently. So I'm gonna have to look that up some more. But like Jarrett QAnon, we doing this? <laughs> Chat me up, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you believe that that the pizza place in Washington D.C. has a secret basement where they have? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. What, I don't even. I don't even know what's crazier: the fact that he was wearing a QAnon bracelet on television, or the fact that it protects from five G. I mean, like, I, I'm speechless. I'm absolutely yeah, yeah. speechless. Well, needless to say, guys, I am going to be monitoring this situation closely because this is the stuff that I like to talk about. Uh, crazy people fascinate me. And I'm like, man, je-, like, and that was the thing that I posted on Twitter earlier. It's like, look, I while I am disappointed that Jeff Jarrett might be QAnon, I am not the least bit surprised. <laughs> no, I can't say it was surprised. If I heard, yeah. if you if you say Jeff Jarrett is a QAnon guy, I kind of be like, well, he is friends with Brian James, who's very clearly nuts. So. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know. He comes off so likable. 
Well, wow. so that's the thing. People are complicated, right? People are complicated. complicated. They can, they, they, there, there, there's people in my life that I absolutely adore and love, right? And then there was one, one person that I'm just super close to, taking care of me my whole life, told me recently that they thought that the Maui fires were 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 caused by space lasers ran by Democrats. And that they didn't burn anything but the color blue, right? So, like, and 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 like, and then we just stopped the conversation. What? And then, exactly, yeah. And I, I didn't look this up. I just like, okay, okay, I love you anyway. Let's, you want to go get some pizza now? And then we just had pizza, and like, and we just moved on. And you know what? And she was so sweet the entire time. <laughs> so, like, that just, like, that just happens, right? So, some people are just they believe in some weird stuff. You've blown my mind with two consecutive wild ass <laughs> sentences. Yeah, and I'm just yeah. sitting here. Only yeah, we burned the we, color blue. That's dude. I, wow. I I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to look that up because I'm afraid of what happened to my Google history if I do. Right, like like, oh, like it's gonna, yeah, it'll something something crazy is gonna come up. So I don't recommend anybody try that. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, and yeah, uh, and and lastly, um, oh, JD, I want I want your opinion on this. We're gonna we'll end it with here. Um, do you think we should get Tony's phone away from him? Yeah. You know, so uh, I mean, like a, a little bit unbecoming, right? Like he, cause he's a public figure right now. Mike, Mike, who likes to be entertained on Twitter. I say, give him a second cell phone, give him a few burner accounts, give him an extra laptop. Mike also, that's also getting his MBA. That's learning about business. Like maybe, um, maybe a little decorum right now. Now people are going to be like, well, Vince did this. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. That sucks too, guys. That's different. Like, like that, that sucks too. Right. I'm not saying one is better than the other one. You know, uh, clearly the crimes that, that uh, Vince McMahon have been alleged are way worse. Okay. That is still bad. Right. So nobody's saying that's not bad. So before anybody says that, I go fuck yourself. Cause I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that, um, this guy keep, is kind of embarrassing himself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> And, and and poor Jinder Mahal and Hook are taking some strays, man, for no reason at all. It's like I didn't even know people were upset at the Hook match. I had no idea. <laughs> but but Tony Tony's getting gotten to by uh, by by dumb accounts on Twitter and and social media nerds running the USA Network account. He needs to just probably give up his phone. Yeah, I think that he needs to, to start. Out. I know he's got burners. He should just use that stuff on his burner if he needs. Because yeah. sometimes I I have a bad habit of doing this too. Sometimes where I'll just. I'll just tweet or through it, or I'll just, you know, post something on Facebook, like just, you know, and there's no real reason for it just because, you know, maybe you're looking, maybe you need just, you need to just get stuff off your chest. Like, yeah. you know, maybe you need to just go. That's why you got to use your burner, man. Like it's, it's not, I know he thinks, I know Dave will sit there and say too that he thinks that this is actually better for his brand. Cause it gets people. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Like I thought it was stupid. Yeah. And Vince McMahon, took out a spot in the New York Times and the New York Post to make fun of Ted Turner. Like, I think that stuff's all dumb. And um, that's why you have a burner, man. You don't, don't yeah. do it on your public account. Yeah. I'm all for, for, for pettiness for my entertainment, but if he were to ask me, right, if, if he were to, you know, cause I, I am a guy that's currently working on his master's in human resources. If they were to ask me, I'd be like, you know, probably don't, don't do that anymore. Uh, JD, you're being asked by name cannot be blank. Are you going to the NJPW show in Chicago? It's at the wind trust. That's it huge. Is at the wind trust. That's a big arena. That's a 10,000 seat arena. So that's the yeah. biggest, that might be the biggest place they've run since uh, the cop palace. I think. Yeah. Um, I, I am going to go. I have tickets. A buddy of mine just bought them today. My buddy, George, I think he's listening to the show coming in from Boston. He's going to bring his kid. I'm going to bring Andy. We're going to have a good time. I'm very excited. 
Uh, shout out George. Hey, tell tell him to go uh, to go down to the site of the Boston Massacre and get you one of the Paul Revere mugs. Fucking nice mug. I I drink out of it almost every day. I just I bought that from the museum there that the Boston Massacre site is tremendous. All right, it was like seven dollars too. Yeah, it was great. He this is a good dude. He goes to Japan all the time and he'll buy me shirts and stuff. He's an awesome awesome oh. comic writer. George O'Connor writes good comics. Oh, cool. Cool, good stuff. Well, hey guys, I did have a few more topics, but we're running over time, and BQ is waiting on me. I'm gonna be on uh, be on his YouTube channel here pretty soon. I think he's gonna edit the video and probably get it out by tomorrow. And uh, I'll have the audio for you guys over at Patreon.com/slash The Mike and JD Show. We're gonna kind of do a, a twofer, so it'll be on his YouTube, and it'll be, the audio will be on our Patreon. So go to Patreon.com/slash The Mike and JD Show and head over to the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel. And then if you're watching this on the Voices of Wrestling Network, give us a thumbs up and to be a subscriber and comment on the video. As well as share the audio with your friends, especially if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your spot your uh, your podcast. Whoo! That was uh, that was a, a nice little plug we got there. <laughs> yeah, kudos, kudos. Um, all right, guys, I, I think that is going to do it for JD. You got any parting words for us? Uh, anything uh, anything going on this weekend? No, no. Uh, snow day tomorrow. E learning. I'm off off work. It's great. Uh, oh yeah. I I'm very. Happy that you guested on Superhero Speak this week. We had a great yeah. show. I had a blast having you on our other show. You did a great job. We talked about the Iron Claw, and uh, you I, super impressed Dave. So that was, that was cool. I, I told uh, I told my stocking stuffer joke. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's a... <laughs> and uh, so if you guys want to see that, it's on our YouTube, by the way, in our mm-hmm. live in our live section, Superhero Speak. And then uh, go go sh- go check out Dave's the channel, Superhero Speak. JD's on there every week, so um good good stuff all right guys um i think that's gonna do it for us um we're uh, and i'll be on uh, check out bq speaks i'll be on there here pretty soon all right until next time mahalo uh, 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 uh. competition starting to get picked is the click so i hope you watch your a game amen no way from the track when we unite and spit this isn't a game better bring your a game Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you brought your A-game. Hey, mate, no rain from the track when we... Hey, everybody. My name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media... We talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture. And we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.